Welcome. I said I was going to do it. Welcome to Swappy Joysticks. Today is the grand old day of the 23rd of March, 2023. This is your home of uh, LGBTQIA plus gaming and streaming content. I am your host with the most amazing co-host, Ed Nightingale. That's me. Thanks. That was good. <laughs> uh, and I am Ben Ostwick, aka Biggest Benus, who is uh, currently in pain. Why are you in pain? I went spinning yesterday. Why were you spinning? No, I wasn't spinning, spinning. I went, I went to a spinning class. I know, I was taking the piss. Oh. I don't know. You've, have you ever been to one? Why the fuck would I go to a spinning class? I was explaining it to you. Literally no interest in it whatsoever. Do you, do you, know, do you want to get fit and healthy? No. <laughs> I'd like to sit and play video games and drink tea. I don't understand how you're so slim. Blessed. <laughs> hashtag, <laughs> hashtag blessed yeah um but thanks dad not uh, you oh, wow my actual dad he's <laughs> also very skinny <laughs> yeah again wow he does eat he doesn't eat that healthily more healthily than you hey just because i had a greg's earlier you have greg's and then pepsi and then wonder why you're unhealthy pepsi i have pepsi max which is like water there's no calories in it no sugar sure jam and I had Greg's, I've had Greg's once in the last, like an actual meal for Greg's once in the last year, maybe. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely not. Oh. But yeah, no, I mean, um, yeah, no, I went spinning. It was fun. It was in like a nightclub. It was it, like underground. I saw somebody from Strictly Come Dancing uh, as I was walking there. So, you know, I was like, this is a celebrity. Ali Ash, for people wondering. Somebody know Ali Ash? Very uh, recognizable face. Um, a lot of people like him. I think he's, yeah, I can't remember how to spell it. A-L-Y-A-S or something like that. A-L-J-A-Z. Yeah, Al-Jazz. Um, and yeah, he, yeah, saw him outside. But yeah, no, and he was like underground and it's really serious. You have to wear the, so they give you cycling shoes that they call cleats, apparently. Um, and then you get them and then you have to put them on and when you're downstairs. But I just walked down the stairs and then clonking away and being like, I'm going to slip any moment. Uh, and then what, I saw a sign. Hang, what, what's the soul of them? It's like, that's it, Tellius. Yes. Do you know him? Is that a, a Slovenian name? And then, yeah, like, it's just like a normal shoe, like a pump, like a plimp sole. Okay. Um, and then it has like a weird little thing on the middle at the bottom. Where the bridge... A weird your... thing on the bottom. Yeah, like a, a round... I'm trying to think. Like a coaster. Like a small coaster. What's it made of? Plastic. Okay. That you then use that to clip into the onto the bike thing. But I had absolutely no idea how to do it. So I was like just rubbing my foot over it. It was like for ages. And then eventually it clicked in. I didn't know what I was doing. But also I was the entire time I was doing the spin class, I was like, I don't know how to get this off. I, I could be I could just like leave my shoes on there. I might just have to take the shoes off and go and just leave them attached to the bike. Um, but they did explain that you have to turn your leg kind of 45 degrees and then it'll come off. Uh, but it was cool. It was really good fun. You're really selling it to me. You get but, to wear silly shoes, go underground and cycle and get sweaty in the dark with yeah. a lot of other people. But it was like, no thanks. the music was like, they had lights. It was either really dark or they had kind of lights all around the wall, all around the wall and the air conditioning broke halfway through. So what? Yeah, the mirror that was there was just completely covered in condensation, and we were getting really sweaty. 
But like they would do it, but it wasn't just cycling because I've done spinning before a long time ago, which yeah, I need to get back into fitting into it again. But like there were bits where you had to go lean forwards and back and then lean forwards and back. And like I spent half the time standing up, not actually sat down on the bike. Um, and it was like go forwards and backwards, forwards and backwards. There was some person that poor thing that was just sat down the entire time. They're like, no, I can't do this. Yep. Uh, <laughs> but there was also some people that you look and you don't, you're like, well, that person does not like Popeye, but how are they doing this? And we're just going and like managing to do absolutely everything. It was quite incredible. I'm surprised um, they found a bike that was big enough for you, man. Oh, yeah, I, was, I managed, to, I adjusted it to the maximum height. Of course. Um, but it was, and they gave me a round of applause. You particular? Me particular. Why? Because they were like, is anybody new here? And I was like, yep, me. <laughs> and uh, it's like, well, can I give a round of applause? Welcome to the cult. Yeah, they were like, we like to give everybody a round of applause who's new here. Oh, that's fucking patronizing. <laughs> no, I'd like to hide in the dark and not be here. Do not perceive me. Do not clap for me because I turned up. Fuck off. Uh, 45 minutes. No. <laughs> I'm out. I'm absolutely <laughs> out. Christ on a bike. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> uh. I mean, you couldn't... Exactly, you just wouldn't have said anything. No, I was like, no, I want them to know that I'm brand new. So if I'm <laughs> fucking up and stuff, they could be like, oh, it's okay, he's new. Um, but he was really motivating. Was it? He was very, yeah. He was really... Was he know, hot? Uh, not my type. Oh, well, then I'm not interested. The guy that came if out there's before... there's not even anything nice to look at, then what's the point? The guy that came out before definitely was, though. I uh, I need to go join his, uh, his one. Um, but they... So that was 45 minutes of pure torture. They do 90-minute ones as well. 90 minutes? I cannot imagine. I, I was dying after about 20. And I managed to, you know, I soldiered on to the end. Um, but yeah, they were doing the forwards and backwards, forwards and backwards. But also they ask, they have like little weights. So they do like weight training, like mini weights. You know, like the little kind of ones that... Dumbbells? No, the small ones that mums have, you know, when they're doing yoga. That... that. I think they're eggs that Gemma knows about. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, but they the were, little small ones. Yeah, but then you're going like that and doing that while on the bike, and it was. I had a very good full. Uh, I had a full workout, and there I you were you were you weighing yoni eggs? I don't know what yoni eggs are. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah, I I finished it. I felt great afterwards, and I was walking like you know Vince McMahon to, to the Bambi. Uh, yeah Bambi slash Vince McMahon to the tube station and uh, got home. But yeah, no, I'm I'm in slight bit of pain today but you know it was it was worth it although it wasn't very expensive do you know how much one session costs I dread to think if you don't get an offer 25 pounds for 45 minutes I could charge Gemma I could pay Gemma 25 pounds for 45 minutes and I'm sure she'd leave me in as much pain as I felt after that and that would be far more pleasurable exactly I'd play <laughs> I'd pay for an hour of 45 minutes with Gemma for 25 quid <laughs> absolutely Yes, indeed. <laughs> Twenty-five pounds for forty-five minutes as a seal. Am I going to enroll? Will I go back? Yeah, I'm already. Gosh, I, He's I... in the cult now. He's joined up. He has offered blood and been applauded. <laughs> That's the friend rate. Yeah, and exactly. Therefore, he's in the cult. Yeah, no, Jeremy, you you would charge a lot more than that, I'm sure. Um, but you know, um, I'm going to enroll. I'm doing. I'm going to do this because they also do some other stuff. But I want to stick with this uh, to get me a bit fit because if you go, if you do spin class a fair few times I've done it before like you get used to it a lot more and it becomes not easier because it's always going to kill you but yeah it doesn't it doesn't make you want to just you know kind of yeah well there wasn't a window to jump out of because it was underground 
Well, you enjoy that, and then come home and watch me sat on my ass on the sofa eating cake. Yeah. Having a great time. Yeah, climbing. Why you hate yourself. Oh, uh, that, that, that feels good. Sorry, my... Ooh. Oh, I love that. I love it when the plastic comes off her controller. Um, but, yeah, no, what was I going to say? Yeah, I'm... Well, I got the two for £25 starter thing. So I'm going to do... I've booked my second one for next Monday. But I'm in the office on a Monday and a Wednesday. So I'm like... Because it's quite close to my office, I might try and go after work when I'm free. Hmm. So yeah, it is, it is really... It's good fun, but torture. How is torture ever fun? Don't you look at the camera like that. <laughs> Some people. It's not for me. I do not find pleasure in pain. I find pleasure in... Pleasure. Pleasure. Yeah. <laughs> a nice massage. See? I'm also, I've also been voluntold that as part of a... Did I mention this on the stream last time? See, everyone in chat is disagreeing with me now. No, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> there is no pleasure in pain. I am not interested in that. A lot of people disagree with you. <laughs> but I've been voluntold that part of our team building uh, exercise on the 25th of September. Okay, so hang on. So this is team building, which is meant to be like, oh, let's all go do something fun together. Yeah. And what are you doing? A 50 kilometer walk slash jog around Henley. A walk in the country. Yeah. No, that's not team building. That's hell. Uh, but I'll, it'll also be for charity as well. So I'll do a stream beforehand and like raise some money and see if we can, you know, get some uh, money raised. Uh, I agree with Ed. Pleasure in pleasure, no pleasure in pain. I mean, I'm definitely more for a pleasure. So Gemma said there's a line and it has to do with what other chemicals are happening in your brain at the time. My line is way apart from any kind of pain pleasure line. <laughs> it is a long way away. I mean, it's not in like a, you know... a. Uh, sorry, am I talking too loud? You are. Uh, I'm it's just not opinionated, like... Ben. No, no, it's fine. Sorry, I think I might have turned the microphone up a bit too loud. But the now, one thing I would, I, I don't like pain in like a sexual way. But if someone's giving me a massage, I want it to be painful. No, I want to, I want it to be firm but fair. Same with the bath. The bath needs to be like I'm close to passing out. It's so hot. No. I want to come out okay. like a, rob a lobster. Baths are another thing. I'm just not interested in it. In a what? No, I just sit there like lying in your own filth and sweat because it's too hot and you just sweat and you're like, I'm bored. I can't do anything. But all the badness Everything is like... oozing out of you. No, it's not. I'm just getting grumpy. <laughs> and then I have a shower instead. He's a grumpig. <laughs> Come with the grumpig. You are correct, Monty. I cannot relax. Yeah. I can't do anything I would want to do in there. Like if I want to play Switch or sit on my phone, like I'm not bringing electronics to the bath. I can't read a book because the pages get stuck together because of the sweat. It's just it's just not a fun time. I've, I've been on my Switch in... Uh, I used to have my iPad on a little thing across there and I'd, I remember watching Queer Eye. I don't trust that. No. Yeah, I mean, oh, it's just... I like... Oh, I, I love a really hot bath. I've not had a really, really hot bath here since I've moved. We have a bath. It's not quite my size, but I might... What bath is your size? That's true. A jacuzzi. Right, well, good luck getting one of those. Yeah, Monty does all those things in the bathtub. We have... Okay, no, 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 Monty. We don't have a what's-it-called for a bathtub. We have a normal-sized bathtub with a shower for normal-sized people. But this giant over here cannot fit in it. I mean, sometimes, but it's quite nice sometimes putting your legs out when it's cold and then you put them back in and it's nice and hot again. Oh, the thingy over the bathtub where you can put stuff in. Yeah, what's it called? I used to, I bought one of those. 
Oh, I don't have one of those. I was like, where is it? And I was like, oh, I know where it is. It's in Cardiff. <laughs> I just, I just don't like, I don't like being hot. No, it's true. So you complain if you get too much of the cover. Yeah. A tray. That's what you've got. A tray for the bar. <laughs> bath tray. It's um, called a bath tray. I don't like. I don't like summer. I don't like saunas. I don't like baths. I don't like the sun. Whinging like and whining there. and moaning. <laughs> Sorry, I need that sound effect. Yeah. <laughs> I would like to be cold. Well, I would rather sit in a fridge than sit in a sauna. Oh, I love a sauna. No. Oh no! Make me as hot as possible until my skin is pink. And then let me go under the uh, the bucket with the freezing water. Oh, you feel fresh after that. You would I'm, scream. I'm less, yeah, I'm less keen on that. But I would generally rather be cold than hot. Yeah. See, Yuffie, my skin doesn't like saunas. Mine does not either because I get too hot and I get sweaty and then it brings out eczema. That is my excuse. Gemma says, I can actually lay down in my tub here. I'm going to miss it. I'm going to get drunk in it before I leave. Don't do a Whitney, Gemma. Be careful. Make sure that Liz is on uh, video call with you. I'm sure she will be anyway if you're in the bath. Don't do a Whitney. <laughs> yeah. Is it too soon? No, it's not too no, soon. No, too soon, no. It's too late. Oh, no one will get it. Yeah. You, you, Who are we with that didn't realise... Or was I with someone else? Like, I think it might have been at work. That didn't realise that Whitney had died. <laughs> I was with somebody. I was like, what's that on there? That's not... Oh, is that... That's probably a spot that you No, it's picked. not. It's not. It's completely flat. Have I got, like, food there or something? Ah. But, yeah. There we go. Somebody didn't realise that Whitney had died. No, it's not. Is I thought it was a hickey. I would never, Molly. Ugh. It's not that, uh... <laughs> not that common. Um, anyway. <laughs> not common. We might have Greg's, but that's it. Anyway, so that is uh, past. But, as we... As I mentioned on the stream before this, uh, next week's podcast... We're back on the Thursday. We're Thursday permanently now, except for next week because we're going to go back to a Wednesday because of Ed. Sorry. I have a good excuse, though. Why? What is your excuse? I'm going to the BAFTAs. To report, not to watch. And not the proper BAFTAs. Um, well, I... So I did it last year as well, so it's not the first time. Um, but I am going to be in the little press bit at the side of the red carpet. Mm. Um, and then I will be backstage at the winner's run. Which basically means when people win and they come off stage, I get to interview them. A like, run, like in a like chicken. How do you feel about winning? Is it called a run, um, like chicken run? No, it's just called the winner's run. That's oh. just what it's called. <laughs> the pen, um, the winner's pen. <laughs> yeah. So, so yeah. So I'll be doing that next next Thursday. What if nobody good wins? Then I won't get any good quotes out of it. Who would you like to talk to? Um, I am hopeful that uh, Miyazaki is there and that Elden Ring wins a lot so that I can ask him questions. Will you give us, if I'm, because I'll probably stream next Thursday then, uh, I mean, from Home Alone may as well, would you be able to send us a voice message that can be like, live from the red carpet or live from the BAFTAs, here's Ed's comment. I don't know if I'm allowed to do that. Uh, Maybe I am. Yeah. Uh, but yeah. It'll present the fashion police. Will you be uh, talking about their oh, fashion? Oh, I'll be judging. I mean, yeah. For sure. Gamers. I mean, the thing is, gamers don't really care. Some of them don't care about what they're like. Well, no, like... like hang on, what's the word that people... Like, the fit? No. Is it the fit? I can't remember what people say. And it's like, basically, like, the gays and the gals will be looking perfection. And all the kind of nerdy 
game developer men, straight straight white men, will be there in like a really ill-fitting suit and scruffy hair that they might have put some deodorant on for the first time. Wow. Not to judge. Will you be asking people what they who they are wearing? Me. Um, no, I will not be asking them who they're wearing. I'll be asking them intimate questions about game development. Oh. I'm sure. Or whatever I think of on my feet. Mm. Well, that sounds exciting. Yeah. Brilliant. Uh, and last time you got to chat with Rihanna Pratchett. I did. I spoke to Rihanna Pratchett. I spoke to Jane Perry. Mm. I spoke to uh, other people that I've forgotten. You missed my favourite person in the world. Joseph Furs you spoke to. Oh, yeah, him. You... He wasn't very happy with my question. Yeah, because it was about the Take-Two lawsuit. It was about a lawsuit and he was like, hey, let's just have fun and walked off. <laughs> um, I know yeah. you, you, you missed out on talking to my favourite person ever in video game development. Tim... Tim Schaefer. Tim Schaefer. Well, it's because I went with Joseph Fares instead, and then he wasn't happy, so that was a waste. Please say hi to Tim Schaefer for me. If he's there. He is the person behind, uh, well, Double Fine, which was Grim Fandango, my favourite game of all time. Ed's screaming, why are all the women in your games wearing skimpy clothing? Can't the men also wear just loincloths? That's equality. Absolutely. If there is a suitable game to ask that question, I will ask that question. (laughs) All right. Well, that is that's our. I mean, how's your week been? Anything exciting? Well, I can't top. Um, you can't. Full stop. I mean, there we go. Uh, <laughs> I, can't, I can't top spinning. So. Um, yeah. I mean, nobody could. I mean, that'd be like a corkscrew, wouldn't it? <laughs> that's weird. <laughs> um, is there, can anybody top while spinning? Anyway, we're yeah. That is what's happened uh, in the last week. But next week we'll be back on Wednesday. Um, yeah, talking about this that, and the other. Right, we've been on for like twenty minutes. We should probably talk about video games. Ed underscore nights. You're the one who was talking oh. about spinning. Oh, by the way, yeah. Also, breaking news from yesterday. Breaking from My yesterday. Instagram is back. Woohoo! Great. I am now back on Instagram. They have unbanned me. I have been released from Insta Jail. Can we get you banned again? Please don't. It was so <laughs> hard to get this back. Oh, it took me like a month of communicating with people and also like chasing them up. And oh, yeah, no, they've unbanned me. They sent me an email saying we have suspended your account by mistake, um, and it's unbanned. But yeah, no, biggest bonus on there. If you would like to uh, check me out, and um, yeah, I mean, I, I I don't post any of those pictures on there. Um, not there. Not there. No, you have to ask me privately for those. Just go into the DMs. <laughs> Send your collection. <laughs> Don't do that. <laughs> Thank you, Money. Um, yeah, we're. Uh, I'm back on there, and oh, it's just nice to have that saga over and done with. Because I got hacked on Facebook, and then it banned everything. I've mentioned it before, but yeah, Facebook got unbanned, but they just kind of. <laughs> yeah, I am not in favour of, of Islamic State's actions, Ed. Surprisingly <laughs> enough. Uh, <laughs> Wait, I thought you were Russian. No, I am. I mean, no, I'm not. <laughs> um, although I do quite like a Russian salad. Neat, neat, yet, yet. Sorry, I don't know. And then I'm adding. I'm adding to this now. No, was no, but I do like a Russian salad. Do you like Russian salad? Is that something sexual or is it? It's not. It's not a sex move. Russian. I just presume. Why is it not let me? Is is does it have potatoes in it? No, he doesn't. Uh, why is this not working out? Oh, great. Got a 
So this is the the joys. You've of... got your fancy tech, and it's not working under yeah. here, is it? No. There we go. Russian salad. A Russian salad is a traditional salad dish in Russian cuisine, and it is. Uh... How can we make Russian salad? Boiled chopped potatoes. Oh, it is potatoes. Thank you. Yeah, that's what I said. Uh, can you buy a Russian salad in the UK? Yes, from On Amazon. Amazon. <laughs> I, I do like... Yeah, Russians, although... Yeah, that doesn't look very nice. It depends where you get it from. You have to get a nice one rather than a tinned one or something like that. Um, but yeah, the pota potato, water, sunflower oil, tuna, carrot, green peas, green olive, vinegar, emulsifier, starch, sugar, salt, yeast extract, and guar gum. That sounds repulsive. <laughs> in directions... Open and serve. It's potato salad with chin tuna, chin tinned tuna, <laughs> chinned. and some other shit in it. <laughs> yeah, tinned potato and tuna salad. What more That's could you want? Me. That is not for me. I love that. Why is it Russian? Typical questions about this product: Is the item durable? <laughs> is this item easy to use? What are the dimensions of this item? Okay. Do not buy food on Amazon. Exactly. Buy it from Waitrose. Yes. A reputable shop. Yeah. I even take fresh. my... I took a Waitrose uh, bag to M&S today. They scowled. No. Um, but yeah, let's go and talk about video games. Oh, yeah. That thing. That's what we talk about usually, sometimes. Ed, what have you been playing? Have you been playing Sonic? No. Oh. Why are you asking? I just see an advert on... Eurogamer has a lot of Sonic adverts right now. Well, it's got 33% off. There you go. It's free for me. So play yours. Yeah, sure. Um, what have I been playing this week? So, at the weekend, I had that annoying gamer thing of I'm bored with all my games and I don't know what to play. Um, and that was a struggle. Um, what I did play uh, on Saturday is some more Citizen Sleeper. Because at the end of next week, uh, the third part of the DLC is going to be out, uh, which we talked about last week in the news. And so I played the first two parts of the DLC on Saturday. And it's just nice to get back into that game. It's a fucking brilliant game. We've both talked about it a lot. If you haven't played it, please go play Citizen Sleeper. It's on Game Pass. It's coming to PlayStation next week. It's on PC and Switch. It's on everything. The DLC is free. Like, there's just no excuse. It's an amazing game. Um, the DLC is, it comes in three parts and it's one long story. So I haven't played the third part yet out next week and I really want to know what happens. Um, but it's basically a story about refugees. So there are refugees from another planet that arrive at the space station that you're on. Um, and I won't spoil it because I know you want to play it. Um, I love but it's, this game. It's quite political. Um, refugees political. Right. Um, and there are some, there's an evil corporation that are quite Tory-esque. Um, and, and interestingly, this game is nominated at the BAFTAs next week for Best British Game. Um, and it's full of great, diverse, queer representation, and it has a whole story about refugees. So that's interesting. I love that game wink, so much. Wink, Cannot. I might, I might have something in the works. Um, so, yeah, so that was very fun to get back into, Citizen Sleeper. Um but after that, I was really at a loss of to what to play. Um, Before we move on, Citizen Sleeper is amazing. It deserves... There's the one game I'm going to be cheering on 100% at the BAFTAs. That is the game I want to win everything. 
that it's nominated for um, is just just listening to the music makes me kind of nostalgic for when I played it until like 5.30 in the morning. <clears throat> We've both been listening to the music just whilst working mm. <coughs> or sleeping. Yeah. It's um, fantastic. Go and play Citizen Sleeper. Has anybody... Let us know in the chat, by the way, if you have played it and what you think. I think it stands a decent chance of winning something because it's the kind of slightly offbeat indie kind of game that will overthrow the big triple A's that BAFTA tends to like. Um, so, yeah. Is this a game that one could stream, asks Moni. Um, it is possible to stream it. I would say don't, yeah. just because it is very very much a story game. Um, With no, and no there's dialogue. No, there's no voice acting, yeah. so you would have to sit and read everything. And the the writing is incredible. It's my favorite thing about it is apart from the music is the writing, um, but um, it's something that you I think want to just sit and absorb in your own time and not have like an audience watching. I would say, yeah. um, and you want to sort of make your own decisions and sort of enjoy it in your own time. Um, so yeah, I mean it's perfectly perfectly possible to stream it, of course. Um, yeah, I wouldn't. I probably wouldn't. No, if anybody, if go looking back, I would not have wanted to stream it because a you'd have had to read everything out. Um, B you can just I would just play in the dark, on a nice screen. You, I mean, it is available on Switch, but like playing on a big screen, kind of in the dark, just or just like yeah, playing one sitting. Um, I would recommend. It's like it took me about five hours. I think you maybe a little bit less. Five? Did I take five? No, it was like ten. Oh, ten then. Okay. <laughs> Did it really take that long? Yes. Okay. I did 10 hours in one sitting. I think I did it in similar as well. Yeah. Because I went to bed, yeah, half past five. Uh, plus then there's DLC. So, okay, maybe two. But just really, yeah, no, it's definitely not one that would be a good stream game. Um, Just go and sit and enjoy it yourself. Yeah. As Gemma says, is it a bit intense? It is definitely intense in certain areas. Like there's one, and there's also one character that the entire relationship with him is to persuade him to cook mushrooms for you. And Ed still likes the game. So that is... That proves how good it is. But I don't like mushrooms. Uh, like, And I will never like mushrooms. There's yeah. a lot of mushrooms in I don't in general, know. Your, your mum's told me that you actually... <clears throat> don't listen to her. Do like mushrooms um, in certain Do not food. listen to her. She is incorrect <laughs> and wildly misinformed. Um, so, yes, no. Citizen Sleeper, brilliant. We're cheering for it at the BAFTAs next week. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you haven't played it, go play it. Um, but after that, I was really bored and just did not know what to play at the weekend. And I carried on playing some Xenoblade Chronicles 3, which I'm now like 25 hours into. And I think I've got about 50 hours yet to go. And I feel like I've seen everything in that game. Like, I I don't know what more there is to this. And I'm just bored by it. And I'm, I feel guilty and I feel disappointed that I don't like it more because so many people love this game and it's the first Xenoblade, Xenoblade game that I've played and I was really excited to play it and it just it just hasn't grabbed me in the way that I really wanted it to. Um, I, just, I just don't really care for the story that much. The characters haven't really developed and just seem like fairly typical anime stereotypes. Um, it looks pretty, especially for a Switch game, but it's also still kind of washed out and the battles just feel really hands-off to me. And there's something quite relaxing and chilled about it, 
but it's just not engaging mm. and and i feel really disappointed like i really want to like it and last year it was oh my god this is like the best rpg of the game everyone should play it and i'm like great that's a game i want to play and i just feel like after 25 hours i've seen everything and like there's no need for me to play another 50 hours i'm just going to be bored so i feel like i might have to dnf that one and put I'm, it aside i'm proud of you i am but i'm i'm 100 with you I bought well, it. Well, you played more than I. More than I have. I've played every every Xenoblade I've played. Well, I've I played Xenoblade. The first one I actually played was Xenoblade Chronicles Cross, uh, which was great. But like I said, that game. Little little spoiler. Uh, I mean, it's very obvious. But you get mech suits. But you get mech suits about thirty hours in, um, and I never reached that because it was a Wii U game. Uh, I think it was yeah. like one of my most played Wii U games actually, and I never even got the to the mech area. And then I was like. Then I went and played Xenoblade Chronicles Definitive Edition. I played it on 3DS, and then I played the new one um, that came out. Well, I played on 3DS, or whatever it was called, and then the Definitive Edition. And got quite far into that. Because it was the first one, it felt like it had a bit of better pace. Um, or it, I mean, obviously, it would have taken a long time if I'd finished it. But you know, I got quite a long, quite a bit of the way through. And it, yeah, it, you were moving on quite a bit. But also you understood the limitations of a game that was gonna that was released initially on the Wii. So you could I could understand that a little bit more. And then Xenoblade Chronicles 2, I played a little bit when it came out, enjoyed it, put it down. And then yeah, Xenoblade Chronicles 3, I've played probably similar to you, 25 hours or so. And I'm just not having fun with it. Um going around having to collect everything, like I have to walk over all the weird little side bits just to make sure you're picking up these weird berries and everything for your no pawn cards to tick off. And like the battles, I'm still not quite sure exactly what I'm doing in those. They're quite complicated, but also they're also hands-off at the same time. I think that's what is annoying for me. I think it's simultaneously too simple and too hands-off, but also too complicated at the same time. Like character creation and and customization, like there are quite a lot of different things that you have to customize, like your different abilities and different gems and all this kind of stuff. But at the same time, it sort of just feels a bit meaningless. And there's an auto build button. You just press that and carry on. Hmm. And maybe that's down to me then for pressing the auto build and not bothering to get into it too much. But it sort of feels a bit unnecessary. And then, you know, there's there's complex, complex levels to the combat in terms of choosing which abilities to use when. And there's a whole, like, combo thing you can do where you've got to hit over a certain percentage to do big attacks and stuff like that. I feel like I've understood that and I understand how to do, like, how that works. But then also a lot of battles, you just, they just auto battle. You just stand there and it just does its own thing. And you don't, you only control one character in your six character party. So you never really, I mean, you can switch roles, but there's no need to. It kind of just plays itself. So like there's some interesting ideas in there and some interesting complexities, but there's also not enough reason to get involved in it when the game basically does its own thing for a lot of the time. So I just, I just haven't found it engaging in the way that, other rpgs have for me and when people have said like this is this is like the pinnacle of japanese style rpgs um like above you know even final fantasy and i'm like no i i would much rather play a lot of other games than this and i i don't quite see where the love for this has come from yeah maybe i am wildly incorrect but it just it's just not for me yeah i imagine they've improved on everything that they've built in the past but it's just not to the standards of something. You okay there? Just what was in your tea? Tea leaves. Tea leaves. Oh. Um. I thought it was gonna be something horrible, but 
Oh, no, wait, no that's not tea leaves. That's... I think that's lime scale from the kettle. <laughs> I don't know if I want to drink the rest of mine then. We need to get a new kettle. Uh, <laughs> we just need to clean it. Oh, oh no. it's just like a weird lump. Mm, nobody that wants lumpy tea. I think I had no. that before, actually. Uh, yeah, no, I didn't. I, I was the same, but also like, yeah, the amount of complexity in it. Like, you've got the random. Uh, okay, so you can select like the different moves that your character has got, and then you've got some passive moves that you can't change, and then there's the moves that you have to select. But then there's a whole skill tree that you can have from you connecting with another person and merging together to become these kind of mech things. And there's a whole skill tree for that. It it is just really really complicated or, or deep rather than complicated because it's it's okay to follow, but it's just you don't need this level of depth for a game that is a lot of it is just kind of it plays itself. Um, mm. But I am yeah I'm not you missing that. it. No, not at all. No, I and I also think I, I will either. I know it it looks beautiful, but the world just feels quite generic. It doesn't feel like lived in, which I know. You go from like one colony to another colony, but it, I'm not a huge fan as well of like this big of like big military in fantasy. Um, I like. I don't a, mind the style of it. Like it's it's a mixture of sort of fantasy and sci-fi and military, and I sort of like this idea in Xenoblade of these two huge titans that you're across. I, see, I, I think don't for like me that. it's just you go from area to area, and they just all look really similar. Yeah. Like I just feel like the world is samey and and. What I don't want is the other extreme of, oh, it's a fancy game, so there's a water area and a fire area and an ice area and a forest area. Like, that's overdone. But I need some variety in there, and it just See, feels a bit... I quite like the areas like that. That It makes you feel like you've really gone and, like, explored a whole world when you've gone to these different areas. And Final Fantasy X did that if it's, really well. If it's done naturally, mm. then yes. Um, but this just it just feels a little bit samey. Yeah. Meh. Yeah. Anyway, so then I moved on from that, and then I finished the game, and that was Blossom Tales. Yay! Bottom so, Tales. Last week I finished Oceanhorn, which was one of the Zelda-like games that I played on stream back in November, and Blossom Tales was another one, um, which I hadn't finished and was pretty much like an hour from the end. So I then finished that, and that was really fun. Hmm. Um, it is a sort of there we go. I've managed. I paused. I muted it so no one heard that sneeze. That was a proper dad sneeze as well. Mm. Um, Blossom Tales is a sort of Game Boy style Zelda game, um, and it's it's really cute. It's like a game within a game. Um, it's like a it's, it's a it's like a grandpa who's telling his kids a story, and then you're playing the story that he's telling you. But it is completely indebted to Zelda. It's like a love letter to Zelda. Uh, in a lot of ways, in terms of the items you get and dungeons and exploration. But it's really well done. Um, there is a sequel that I haven't played. I'm quite tempted to. Um, but it's 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 really fun. The only thing I didn't like is that there were some tricky bits towards the end where I got a little bit frustrated. A little but bit. I'm, but I am blaming the Switch controller for that. Because there are moments that the last dungeon has all these sort of walkways that disappear when you walk on it. So it's like a jaggedy walkway and you've got to really quickly follow it before it disappears. But it's really thin. And because it's a Game Boy style uh, game, you can only walk in four directions. So up, down, left, right. And the Switch D-pad that I was using has a tendency to not do the direction that you want. So I'm pressing down and it starts going off to the right diagonally somewhere. And I'm like, no, 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 I didn't do that. Um, and so because of the 
controller, it just wasn't working very well and it was very irritating. Blame the controller. Yes, I blame the controller. But in all, it's a it's a really fun little game. It was only like eight, nine hours, I think. It's pretty short. But if you're just interested in a nice little Zelda-like game, then Blossom Tales is well worth playing. Um, and then after all that, I decided I would start something new. And I think you deserve it. If you finish a game, or you, I mean, you put exactly. down one and finish one, so yeah. you're definitely allowed to start exactly. a new one. Exactly. So I started a new one, and it's very short. It's only like four hours long. Um, and I decided to get out the PSVR 2, because you haven't played it. So I have taken it and decided to play Moss, which is a few years old now, and it actually came out on the first PSVR. Um, but you can now get that and Moss 2 together on PSVR 2. And... I sort of knew a bit about it, but I wasn't sure. And playing it, it has completely converted me to VR. Mm. I now, I completely get it. Um, playing Horizon, to me, is just gimmicky. I don't want to spend my time looking at a mountain I'm climbing. Um, like, I want to look at the world. And Resident Evil Village, again, I found gimmicky. I don't want to be, like, messing around trying to reload a gun. Like, I just want to shoot. And, and being there in first person and motion sickness and all that, not for me. That's not the VR experience that I want. Um, um, Beat Saber, I'm totally down for. Uh, rhythm Games, totally down for. That's fine. But Moss is this really, really cute little adventure um, where it feels like you are literally in the world, but I have not got motion sick in the slightest because there is no movement in it. Um and it is just the most adorable thing. Um, you basically play as the reader. So again, it's like a storybook. You have to actively turn the pages with the mm. controller uh, as you read the story. And then you go inside it. And it's the story of Quill. England, England are beating Italy. At what? The your World Cup qualifiers or Euro qualifiers. Oh, that's good. Um, <laughs> Always good. <clears throat> So you are the reader and you are this sort of godlike character um, and you become connected to this mouse called Quill. Um, and so you as the camera um, are basically the reader looking into this world and each world is is static. There's no camera movement because you're in it and you're looking around. But it's like this little mini diorama um, that you can sort of look in and around. Like you can literally stand up and look in and around it to look for secrets um, whilst also controlling Quill, the mouse, who literally will turn and like look up at you um, and you can high five her and just the animation of her with her big ears is just the most adorable thing. Um, but the whole thing is this fantasy sort of woodland thing. It's full of woodland creatures. So you've got Quill, the mouse, who rides on a squirrel and there's like gerbils and, and other woodland creatures um, in this fantasy of like crumbling castle ruins and moss uh, up the stone walls and stuff like that, um, which reminds me, as a whole, it sort of reminds me a little bit of Ico, um, Ico, whatever you want to call it, um, in that it's sort of quite minimalist. The actual gameplay is quite simple, and there's often not a lot of music, and the music does come in, and it's really impactful, and it's got a similar kind of fantasy style to it. But it also reminds me of, um, there's a book series and I can't remember what it's called. I think, feel like it's Red something. Um, the, the, the author's Brian something. And it's like a fantasy series of novels, but about like woodland creatures warring and stuff. And it sort of has that kind of feel to it. You know, you are in this forest 
at sort of mouse level or semi-mouse level, but you can look up and there are these towering trees with castles and 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 houses and stuff on it, and there's like a deer kind of peering over at you, and um, it just has the most adorable style. Gameplay, yeah, it's quite simple, but it's well done. You can interact with the world whilst also steering Quill around, so you've got to solve puzzles for her and um, stuff like that. So it's just really, really well done. I think it's only Redwall. There you go. <laughs> That's what I was thinking of. Um, I've never actually read Redwall, but I sort of know a bit about it. I think I maybe started one of them when I was a kid. Um, but it reminds me of that uh, in that kind of fancy style. I think the game's only like four hours, so I'm probably quite close to the end already. Um, but I cannot wait to play Moss 2. Um, it's just, it's fucking brilliant. Mm. Um, it properly feels like you're in the world and I'm like going up to Quill to like give a little boop um, and, and steer her around and solve puzzles and it's a really great use of VR. So it really shows off, um, you know, the power of what VR can do because um, it really does immerse you in it in a way that gimmicky hand gestures and first person for me doesn't and this is just like you're in it mm. uh and I, i'm absolutely loving it so if anyone has psvr if you well unless it's on something else as well but if you haven't played moss and you've got vr then absolutely go play it, it i thoroughly recommend it i have you played are you i'm really really hoping that they release astro's uh astro Astrobot Rescue Mission, I think that's the one yes. uh, on, that was on PSVR one. I think it's similar in oh, its yeah. gameplay style. Yeah, watching to that, watching you play it, that. watching you play it, kind of had that vibe. Like Astro, like yeah, Astro, I can't want to call it Astro's Playroom, but that's the PS five yep. launch thing. But yeah, Astrobot uh, Rescue Mission, I just call it Astrobot. That was probably one of the best games, if not the best game on PSVR. It was to me, it was like the the change between you know, a two D platformer and a three D. It was like Oh wait, you can also do you can also do like a platformer in VR. It was like another stage past this. Like it was a completely different type of game, like a mm. different uh, platform. And yeah, you so you're like going through the levels most of the time, and yeah, you're able to like look around and you can get it to do certain things because you can actually turn around and see that there is a little item on this other side by using your pet. But you don't. But you can play the whole thing sitting down. But yeah, Astrobot is. I just can't see why they wouldn't release it. Um, unless they're waiting to do a sequel and then have like a pack of both of them. I hope they're doing another one. Um, oh, I can't imagine they wouldn't. I mean, they look. I think feel like Astro, Astro is their kind of mascot now. Mm. Um, and the fact that yeah, that this is their latest big thing, you'd expect them to have something like that. Have yeah. we had any announcements for any new PSVR games coming out? Not in a while. They they've announced loads already, but it's lot. It's not like Sony doing. Mm. You know their first party ones it's lots of third party and indie games um and things like beat saber that we're all expecting to come and it will come but we just don't know when yet um or at least it hasn't come out yet so resi 4 isn't that going to be vr or there's going to be a modern a mode in it that's in vr what the remake yeah maybe but oh yes then they did say that but it's not going to be for a long time yet okay yeah yeah i don't i will not play that for like VR. a year yeah <laughs> i reckon at least Okay, well, that's um, interesting. That's... So, yeah, basically Beat Saber has been my number one VR game, and now Moss is, Moss is up there. With it's a totally Beat different Saber. game, isn't it? Oh, completely. But it's just, in terms of, like, a killer app for, like, what is the one thing to play in VR, for me, it's it, Moss is definitely up there. It's the one to tell people, like, yeah, try this, you're going to love VR. Yeah. But then you played a game that I have loved 
and love, love, love. And I've talked about it before on the podcast and we've had you whinging and whinging and whinging about it. Oh yeah, Tetris Effect. Ed played Tetris Effect last night. Um, which I've never played in VR before. I've played it because it's on Game Pass, so I've played just on normal normal screen. Um, and I, I'm not a big Tetris fan. I just, I can see that it's like a simple idea, well done, but it's just not something that I grew up playing. Like people played it on the Game Boy you know, back in the yeah, 90s. Yeah, I never played it either. I just never did, and it's just not... I don't know, I just get a bit bored with it after a while, I think. Um, but I will say that playing it in VR does really add to the immersion. Um, I like that it's got this kind of synesthesia idea to it of the sort of different styles of visuals and music, and when you move the blocks around, you get different sound effects, so it's almost like you're layering up the music as you build up the, the, the lines. Um which is really well done and really clever. And when it's in VR, you've got the headset on, you've got the headphones on. There's nothing else but just you and that like wall of blocks. Um, so that does make it very immersive, and it does give you the Tetris effect. Um, so did that you, did I you do, dream about I did it last really night? Like. No, I didn't okay, actually. Because the amount of times I've I played that oh, for sure. hours and hours and hours, and I've been in bed, I'm like, I look at, I'll just like look at something and go, oh, I could probably fit a, you know, fit the T shape one in there. <laughs> Uh, like yeah, you do eventually see it everywhere, and like in your yeah. sleep, you're just tapping and oh, tap, tap. Yeah, I don't know. I didn't, I didn't quite get that. Um, but um, but I did enjoy it. I think what I what I'd like is for it not to speed up, and I know that that is the <laughs> there point is a of Tetris there is a because, because for that. well, I looked and I couldn't find it. Um, maybe I have to unlock it. But mm. I I appreciate that that's how it gets more difficult is that it gets quicker. But in Tetris Effect, it seems to be one speed, and then it kind of just suddenly doubles until you've done a certain number of lines, and then it goes back to a slower speed again. And I'm like, no, because that's when I, it fucks me up. Um, and I'm kind of in that in the zone of, of you know scoring high points, and then it just suddenly does double speed out of nowhere. And I kind of wish that it was just a more cerebral, endless, you know, low speed kind of thing that you just kind of got into the zone just to enjoy the music. So it's the music I like the most. So I yeah. want to just sit back and enjoy that. Um, so I'd say it's my favorite version of Tetris. And I'm not a huge Tetris fan, but I, I did enjoy playing it. Good. Yeah, I love uh, I love that. It is very addictive. And the music is great. It's weird music. It's not just like electro or it's not pop. It's some people. There's a lot. There's a lot of world. There's a lot of world music and and sort of experimental tracks in it. And like I said, the way you sort of build up the layers is really cool. Like just a percussion one. Mm. That's all it is really. And then yeah, kind of rapping and yeah, is brilliant. Anyway, I've blabbed on for ages. What have you been playing this week, Ben? (laughs) Well, I I was just enjoying listening to your monologue. Um, I have been playing. I'm trying to think apart from the obvious one that I've been playing. I don't think I've played anything else. I have... Well, you played something that we're going to play later. That's true, actually. Yeah, I have started Chia. Um, so Chia, I've played the first hour and a half of. It's very slow, very relaxing to get going. Um, for those of you who don't know, Chia is a game based on New Caledonia in Polynesia, I believe, uh, which is east or like northeast of New Zealand, uh, You know, very far away from things. Very, I don't know much about the history there or the geography, so I apologise. But I mean, I'm learning a lot to be honest with this game because it is based on that uh, on that area. So it's very like you're a uh, young girl who is called Chia, right? Called Chia, yeah. And she is, um, God, I'm trying to think what I'm what I played for an hour and a half. Yeah, so she's on this island, and then she needs to go and uh, rescue somebody. 
And on there, and then she gets given this ability to kind of absorb her soul into objects or animals um, and then take control of it. So you can get your body can be kind of zapped into a melon or a coconut and then you can like fire it out at something and then you'll pop out of it and then that's you. Or you can possess a pigeon and you can go pooing everywhere. It's great. Yeah. Sold. It's kind of a really cool idea because if it's like, I need to get to the other side of this island, I can walk, which will take forever, or I can possess a pigeon and fly there a lot faster. Um, and you get a glider. It is very much, uh, there are certain things from it that have obviously taken from Breath of the Wild, uh, some inspiration, like you can climb anything and you have a stamina meter. Um, at the beginning, you're at the top of this building or the top of this object. I can't remember. What it, yeah, no, it was um, the top of like a, a cliff. And you get given a glider uh, by somebody older than you. So it's very, yeah, it's definitely taking inspiration from things like that. But I do, I do like the idea of kind of possessing something and then being able to kind of control it to move around. And it it's, sounds a bit Mario Odyssey. Hmm. Yeah, you chuck your cap. Cappy. Exactly. And uh, yeah, and it's just very beautiful. There's a lot of. It's kind of it's a very peaceful game to play. Like you can play. There's a rhythm. There's a couple of rhythm games I've played in it, but it's like. No such thing as losing at a rhythm game. You know, wow. It's like you tap it and it's like if you want to just tap some other things on it, if you're playing the ukulele and you want to kind of freestyle the it. The what? The ukulele. If you want to play your ukulele and in between the notes that you have to hit, if you just want to kind of strum other ones, it's fine. And it actually sounds right, which is weird. Music, eh? It's like you you tap the other things. You're like you'll yeah, you'll just I'll just start strumming all the improvisation. Yeah, it's improvisation, but I think obviously they've got like all the chords that suit that song or whatever. So you can hit the other ones and it just sounds like it fits in when you're improvising. Because they're in the same key. They're in the same key, whatever that means. There you go. Uh, yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, and I believe, I haven't got that far into it, but I believe it's very much a puzzle game, uh, trying to work out how to get to some place. But I haven't got that far into it. So we're going to be doing a quick look of it after the podcast. I'm looking forward to it. And we can see and delve into it a bit more. Unfortunately, and are you going to poo on us all? I will poo on you all. Great. Um, but I will be, yeah, I will, I imagine we'll be going like further into kind of the story and how to develop the game or how the game develops into kind of a bit more of a challenge. Um, I did enjoy, um, you can like knock things over into the, I, I, this nice gentleman was helping me and I found everything that wasn't like locked down and just pushed it into the sea. That was quite fun. Wow. Uh, he didn't. So uh, you played anything. as a troll. I was a troll. But yeah. And, and then Why I pooed on people. Surprised? Yeah. And then I was pooing on people that were posing for a photo. Uh, these tourists. It was great. Um, yeah. And I'm looking forward to playing that uh, a bit later. And we'll see how it goes into yeah more of a puzzle. Um, unfortunately, my PC did not like streaming that. And uh, yeah, just like was freezing up a lot. And I think a few people have had that issue, um, especially streaming it. Um, through Epic Game Store, it was not as uh, I don't know. I don't know if it's quite resource heavy, but we'll see whether it is tonight. Hopefully, it's not because I'm. We've now got two PC set up, so hopefully, it won't. But also, it's on PlayStation Plus. It is. It is. If you've got PlayStation Plus, either extra or premium, you can uh, download it and play it. Play it in its entirety. So, nice. You can try it out there. But yeah, no, the game that I've been playing the most of this week. Yeah, apart from a bit of Destiny, was um, Octopath Traveler 2. Great. I just heard such amazing things about it, and I was like, you know what? I will give that a download. Um, 
oh, I'll give a damn, but I will go and buy it. And I did. I actually got the physical one so that you can play it as well afterwards. Thank you. Much appreciated. Yeah. Um, you were going to start it, but it took you how long to download the update? Don't. Ah. <laughs> uh, you're going to send off your switch. My switch is broken. Yeah. I'm not happy about it. But you, are you going to send it off eventually? Maybe. Maybe, okay. Um, it'll just wait for the switch too. When I get around to it. But I've been playing Octopath Traveler 2. If you've played Octopath Traveler 1, you'll kind of know the sequence of it. You choose these intros, uh, like the intro. There are eight people, eight main characters with all very different backstories, very different characters, very different roles in a very different region. Pretty much the same with Octopath Traveler 2. Um, so, yeah, you can choose which person's story you start with and you complete their act one. So, like their, you know, their origin story um, just to find out how, like what's, what is causing them to kind of move and to travel and to want to join your party. Hence, Octopath Traveller. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Ooh. But I am, um, yeah, Mr. Boss is loving Octopath. I'm glad, Tom, because, yeah, it is, I, I mean, spoiler alert for me to say my opinion, but I am loving it. I'm not loads of hours in. I'm about six hours in now. Um, and I have done Act 1 for, oh, gosh, I can't remember her name. Uh... This person who is a apothecary. Now she has woken up from a boat with no memory or anything like that. Ah, you know the, the typical amnesia trick. Yes, exactly. Ah. But there is a reason for that because I think she might have been, you know, under a spell for that. Oh. And then we're finding out why she had amnesia. Oh. It wasn't like the typical amnesia it was like, oh, I don't know, I don't know where I am, what I am, or anything. So I'm going to create my whole life now and not have any backstory. No, she definitely has a backstory. Um, and yeah, there's lots of, there's like twists and turns already with hers, but then, so we did, I did her act one, uh, similar to the Octopath. And I think all of these act ones are the same. You intro, <clears throat> intro them, you get to know them. There's some little battles to kind of level them up. And then at the end of act one, there's like a, a like a major battle. And then after that, you're on the road. <clears throat> so I did that with her. And I couldn't remember, I thought maybe once you'd completed their act one, you go back and can, then can choose another. But no, you continue with that person and you go and travel. Um, and you travel to an area that has got another character and you meet that character. And then when you meet that character, they want to go traveling and join your, you know, they want to join your party in the traveling that you're doing hmm. and your journey. And then it goes, would you like to access their act one? Would you like to play their prologue or their... I think it's, it's called the chapter one and you can actually say no and then later once you've collected everybody you can go to a, an inn i think and then go and play through them all but i'm just playing them as i meet them because it's i, I want to be there and you know well, you want to know who they are yeah exactly the backstory is yeah exactly so i did that so i yeah i walked with her we went over to the a very sandy desert area um deserts are made of sand yeah it's very sandy and we went there but it's also it's a very kind of um heavily kind of inspired Japanese samurai Ooh. city with a temple there, but they call it a castle. Uh, but it's like very heavily influenced by Japan and kind of samurai culture, nice. but also in a desert, which is really interesting. So I've been, yeah, so I did that story. So I've done those two prologues and we've both then come together and we've headed off to another slightly sandy area, but it's a cowboy area. And everybody oh, talks wow. like that. Do they? Yes, they do. Is Just there like voice that. acting? There is. That's the thing. There is full voice acting. Ah. There's some bits that aren't. 
Um, so with your character, you've got two, you, for each character, they've got like two special traits or two special abilities um, that they do outside of battle. Um, for example, my the apothecary, during the day, she can gossip. Um, oh, we so love you, a gossip. Exactly. You can go and talk. You just She's very friendly and approachable, so she can just go and get some extra information out of people um, by chatting to them. And at night, she can heal people. Um, and if you just press the... Where uh, she spills the tea. Exactly. Hunty. And on the... Yeah. yeah, you can press the right trigger or whatever it's called, and you can actually switch between day and night instantly. And there are some characters in places during the day, and sometimes they're not at night. Um, like, there was one person who said that... I can't remember what... They said an, something that was happening with them. And I was like, oh, if I check where they are at night, maybe I can then go and help them. So I did, yeah, so you can cycle between day and night kind of instantly, which I like. Also, I've got the battle speed at two times, which is great, because the, like, the speaking and everything else, and it doesn't run away with you, but it just means that the battle speed, like the battles, you're not kind of, because they're all random battles. They're not as annoying. Is it a bit grindy? Um, it's not grindy. It's definitely the point where I'm like, if I if these battles were not giving me much XP, then I would kind of be a bit annoyed that I'm getting them quite often. But okay. I am enjoying getting the grind and leveling them up. Um, but yeah, no. So then we've on. We yeah, we've just met the uh, the cowboy person, and I'm about to start his uh, chapter one. But I just love how kind of fleshed out these stories are, and every character is totally different. They've all got different skills. Like the the samurai guy during the day. I think during the day he can challenge somebody to a duel. So if he's want to fight, you can challenge someone to a duel. And at night he I think he can bribe yeah, he bribes people at night. Oh. You can pay money to get some information or to persuade people to, you know, divulge their secrets at night. So yeah, I imagine once you've got all eight of them, you can then work you can really kind of uh, you know, it'll get a lot more like a lot more tricky, a lot trickier to try and work out which skill you need to use on a person to get some information to progress the story. Um, so if and when I start it, can I choose a completely different starter character oh, and then do all these in a completely different order? Yeah, like, so I could have a different story, at least for the beginning. Yeah, like it's a world map. Imagine the world is like, you know, Africa and Europe, North America and South America. It's like there's a big gap in the middle. Uh, like a big ocean in the middle and then you, you go all around and like at the very top right there are, I think it's a, a cleric who's for like from the hard north wintry islands you could just go Ooh, and start that with that good. one yeah but you can start with somebody on the complete other side of the world and then maybe you recruit the person that I started with last you know you maybe go to the mm. to the Japan area like completely last but that's what I find really interesting because yeah you choose who you start with so you're going to be with them but that is your starting point for the whole game as well. You're not going and playing each of these opening chapters one after the other necessarily, but you have to kind of travel to them mm. uh, to do it. And obviously I you're like going to... Yeah, you're going to be coming across different towns that are not like a starter place. So you're just... Yeah, you're, you're, your journey is going to be completely different to somebody else's. Nice. Um, and I just... Well, I look forward to stealing it from you. Please do. And it obviously it looks stunning. Um, I just... I found the characters really likable and yeah, they are fleshed out and I've just been going around and literally just chatting to people in the world because they've, they've all got something interesting to say. They might be quite funny. Like the place I'm at, the Western area, they all seem to have really um, like, like lots of bad jokes. Um, they just seem to be desperate of for course. jokes. I don't, I'm not sure why. I'm... And that's why you like it because it's got bad jokes. Yeah. Yes. Um, like, 
his man going, oh, I was talking to my wife and, uh, and she was really sad. And I was like, oh, why don't you just get rid of the thing that's really annoying and the most miserable and old thing that's in your possession? And she's like, I'm looking at him. And rah, rah, rah. Wow. It's, um, but yeah, there, there's somebody like, I'm feeling sad. I just want to hear a really good joke. Um, but I'm intrigued to get this person's backstory and be like, why is this town full of people that want jokes? And <laughs> yeah, I'm int intrigued to see where that goes. But like the battling as well is really cool. It's uh, turn-based. So anybody that's like, oh, the new Final Fantasy doesn't have turn-based. Well, now there's a game that's out that you can play turn-based. There you go. And um, yeah, it's cool. It's one of those where you have to kind of work out the enemy's weakness um, or what, they, yeah, what they're weak to. And then... You kind of every time you hit them with their weakness, they lower their shield. Their shields go down by one, and there might be some kind of tough enemy that has got four shields, and there might be some weak ones that only have one. If it's the four shield, you have to then kind of yeah make sure that when you knock them down to zero shields, uh, you've got all your powers, all your supers, all your you know all your attacks ready so that you can just unleash them on it. Because as soon as that person is unbroken their shields go back to what they were before so you kind of just yeah you're able to plan it and uh yeah there's so there's a lot of customization but it's definitely not too much it's not anywhere near like xenoblade there's a fair bit like you unlock extra skills but it's just like a, a simple rpg where you spend you get certain a certain currency that you can use to unlock certain skills and once you've unlocked a set number of skills you get an extra you know, other passive bonus or whatever. So, yeah, just go and play it. It's a brilliant, brilliant game. And people, I've seen people online call it, like, the best game that uh, Square released since Final Fantasy VI, you know, and Chrono Trigger. So it's... Wow. We will see about that. We'll see about that. But I am fully in love at the moment. And, yeah, it'll be interesting to see if anybody manages to put this at the top of their game of the year after a year that... We'll have Zelda. I mean, there are some very strong RPGs this year. So Spider-Man, be... Zelda. I mean, Final even Fantasy. just yeah, even just in RPGs, you've got you know Zelda, Final Fantasy. There's that. There's technically Starfield mm. is an RPG. Um, Diablo. Yep, Diablo Four. There are there's it's a really strong year for RPGs. So mm. strong yeah. year for games. We're getting a good year this year. It's probably like the best so. since 2017. I don't know what's happening in the second half of this year, but. Hopefully we'll find out at E3. Yeah, Spider-Man's apparently meant to be out this year. Yep. I really hope so. I Fingers loved... Crossed. Well, you're also, you know, spoiling some of the... Oh. Some of the headlines yet to come. Sorry. But before that, shall we see what the people have been playing? Oh, yeah, I suppose we can. Uh, let me just go and switch over to my other mouse. Um, why is that? One second, let me just go and make sure my, my mouse is hovering over something. There we go. Right, one second. It's all clicking everywhere. There we go. Uh, right, we're still... Technology, right? Honestly. There we go. Um, so, yeah. What right, are Discord. people, what are people playing? Let's see. Uh, da, 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 da. Here we go. Answer of the day. Answer of the day. Right, let's go and start with Ravi Lavi. Ravi Lavi says, uh, My one purchase from the Steam sale was Sunhaven. I haven't got too far into it, but I think I actually like it better than Stardew. Uh -huh. Yeah, I said it. That is strong words, Ravi. Um, I like that you can be an angel or a demon or a cat or a human. Also get to choose a job and the city is really big and a skill tree. Basically, just more options. That's what I like. Yeah. 
Very nice. I Not think, too many. I, th I mean, there are so many mods for Stardew that mm. maybe you can do a lot of stuff with the mods, but... Yeah. I wonder if they'd ever... I know there's, he's got these chocolate... Uh, chocolatier type thing. Haunt, haunted chocolate chocolatier. But I wonder if he's tempted to bring out a Stardew 2. I don't think so. Mm. I feel like Stardew is done from him. Maybe. Well, that just gives room for people to make better ones. There you go. Um, Sidious, I recently started playing Road 96. It's a game set in a fictional country in the mid-90s. You play as a teenager trying to flee a harsh dictatorship by crossing the northern border along Road 96 during a tumultuous election year. You meet several NPCs along the way that you build relationships with and learn backstories of. Each crossing attempt you make is a different teenager with a different story. Every attempt lets you learn more about the history of the country and the NPCs and potentially alter the future of the country. The decisions and choices you make in each crossing affects future attempts and the behaviours of the NPCs. It's really fun and interesting to see how the characters all relate to one another and the country's overall history and future. That does sound really interesting. Mm. I feel like I've heard about it, but not seen much about it. Is it on Game Pass? Good question. <coughs> hmm. um, but yeah, thanks to this. I, will, I feel like I need to look that up and give it a go. It looks good. Hmm. Uh, Sarah Kay has been playing Slime Rancher on Switch. Yes, I am now the proud owner of a slime rancher in outer space. There are slimes all over the planet and you go exploring to find them and collect the resources they drop to build things. While on the surface it seems like a farming game, it isn't really. You do create garden plots and grow fruits and veggies to feed the slimes. They drop things called plorts, which you can sell to make money, but also use to craft gadgets and machinery to help keep the ranch growing. I'd been looking for my next sofa TV switch game and I found it. The side of me that loves organisation and putting everything in its proper spot, growing food, taking care of the slimes, gathering their plots, is very, very satisfied. But, I'd say the main aspect of the game is the exploration. As you play, you unlock different areas and biomes. Each one has different types of food, wildlife, slimes, etc. At first the map was very overwhelming for me, I kept getting lost. But now that I've gotten the basics of my ranch set up and thriving, I've been taking more time to explore around the same areas repeatedly to get my head around where everything is before unlocking new ones. Uh, is it a little bit troublesome to suck up chickens in a vacuum pack and feed them to slimes? Maybe, but let's not talk about that. Apparently it is on Game Pass Road 96. Oh, nice. Yeah. Sidious is on the Switch, though. Yes. But good to know. Hmm. Uh, John has been playing the new Fortnite season. I took a little break from Fortnite a few months ago, but I'm glad to be back popping heads and winning. John, John is Can't relate. very good at Fortnite, and I cannot relate to that at all. Because he's young. Yeah. yeah. These young people are too good at too good at Fortnite. Uh, Cats have been playing lots and lots of Diablo 4. Someone got into the beta. Uh, and also Nino Kuni 2, which is great and on Game Pass. I've been meaning to play that. I never finished the first one, but I really enjoyed it. The second one's much better. Is it? Yeah. Well, the combat and everything and the and like everything get like playing wise is better, but the story I preferred in the first one. It just became really grindy. Interesting. Can you scroll down a touch? I can. Uh, Mofo. Uh, yes, I can finally contribute. Welcome, Mofo. Thank you for your contribution. Uh, so I've been playing Diablo 4 Beta. I've racked up the hours and may have forgotten to sleep, but I had a blast. Reminded me of the feeling I used to get playing Diablo 2. I love the customization options for your character, although somewhat limited. I only had a chance to play as a sorcerer, but I'm excited to try Necromancer this coming weekend. I think they're adding new... Excuse me, new classes uh, for the open beta this weekend. Beta. Yeah, the open beta. Is, Whatever. You can download it now. I got an alert on my phone. Oh, it's nice. on PlayStation as well. Ah. Um, 
I've seen a lot of people enjoying the character customization. It seems like there are a lot of diverse options, which is really good. So I'm I am looking forward to having a go. I'll play a bit. I've never got Diablo. I've never got the hook, and I don't understand how it's really fun. I played Diablo one, but I've never played any of the others, and that was years ago when I was a kid, and I didn't really get it. So I'm I'm intrigued by four. I think it's going to be very popular. A lot of people are trying to get into this beta, mm-hmm. beta, whatever you want to call it. Um, so I think it's going to be a very, very popular game. So there you go. Mm. Uh, Pancake has been playing the Sims 4 update and new expansion pack, which came out last week. Uh, so I've been playing a lot of that. There are now infants, which are so cute and have so much gameplay involved versus previous newborns that you just fed and put back in a box where they belong. Uh, with the new EP combined, actually gives a feeling of them growing up because what's the EP? Expansion pass. Oh, that makes sense. Yes. Uh, what's EP? Expansion pack. Uh, expansion because the pack, expansion pack has milestones wherein infants have to learn to lift their head, then roll over, then sit up, etc. So you can see their progress over time. The new expansion pack also has milestones for every age, a really cool new world, family dynamics, compatibility features, long-term visitors, and even midlife crises. There you go, Ben. How um, dare you. And the main mom character that came with the pack is a trans woman. We love to see it. Uh, and even explicitly say so in game text. Very nice. 2 nil. Oh, great. Very good. Uh, Torn has gotten back into Final Fantasy XIV. Hat tip to Ziggy, Ravi, and Jinx. Uh, after playing Red Mage to the level up to play with Ziggy, it was suggested I may want to try out another DPS. have been leveling Machinist, and I... Or machinist? I've always said Machinist, but I think it is Machinist. Machinist. Yeah. To me, uh, Machinist is somebody that works in a fact, like a textile factory. Whichever. Uh, I'm Street. very satisfied with it. A lot more fun and a fair bit less flailing around wildly. I can't wait until I hit the level I need to so I can actually play with Ziggy to break into Stormblood. Good luck with Stormblood. Yeah, you'll get I finally bit. got back into my account because I got locked out. Uh, so I will be continuing with that. Yeah. Go and play. Um, also, if you're in Stormblood, I really, I highly recommend Samurai if you do also want another DPS to play. Samurai is so much fun and it's really powerful. Nice. Uh, Debs has been playing lots of Sims 4 growing together. I did have a lot of trouble getting actual access to the game on release day since I pre-ordered on CD keys and I got a key. I opened at least five cases with EA and the next morning the agent worked some magic and I got access. I heard quite a few people have problems with this but Mm. I think it was solved relatively quickly at least. Um, Seems there were a lot of issues with people who pre-ordered the game either on the EA app with payments not completing and also for people who had ordered the game on places like Amazon and CD keys. Uh, like Pancake said, this pack adds uh, to much to the game, and honestly, the memories or milestones they get are great. I've had a horrible infant who didn't like anything I fed him. He liked the bland stuff. Can you take him that back? That just sounds pretty realistic. Yeah, just someone else. Mm-hmm. Um, a sim going through a midlife crisis who wanted a divorce and wanted to get married again. You have random people who asked to come stay over, and so much more. This pack adds a lot to the storytelling side of the game. Nice. And then lastly, Mr. Wibble has played Horizon Zero Dawn. Those Meridian people are so needy. Uh, but in the Steam sale thing, I got myself Crash Bandicoot 4, Reef, Reefland, a city-building sim in early access, and Garden Galaxy, a creative gardening sandbox game. I've heard good things about that. Uh, with Have a Nice Death to come out next, and I'm looking forward to not having enough time to play those as well. That's the whole thing about the Steam sale. You just buy mm. things you can't afford and will never play, but it just fills up your back catalogue. I, uh, Crash Bandicoot 4 I was actually playing that last weekend I just didn't know what to stream uh, so I played some Crash 4 
love that game. That game's really good. It's also super difficult. Uh, but after playing um, Super Mario 3D World, yep. what was the name? Um, I, I really appreciate Crash Bandicoot's like sense of depth, um, which you do not get um, in Mario 3D World because I was like dying. I'm like, why am I, I can't see like how far away I am from you know where I'm meant to be jumping. But Crash does that really well. It's it's a great. It's probably like the best Crash Bandicoot there is. Strong words. I mean, yeah. I mean, the, it's, it's new, so it's gonna be better. There you go. <laughs> uh, Molly says she's seen Cafe Ella playing Have a Nice Death, and I think maybe Ed would really like that. It reminded me a bit of Death's Door. I think isn't it like a sort of side-scrolling Metroidvania, but you're playing as a Grim Reaper. Do you mean? Uh... No, I don't mean a Rayman whatever. Raymanvania. You're, you're gonna say <laughs> no. I mean Metroidvania. Um, so yeah, I I I feel like it looks like it could be fun. Um, I don't think it's getting a huge amount of press, but no. um, yeah, I might give that a go. Do it. All right. So what's in the news? Let's talk news, about the headlines. So news. You done? Yep. Good. Um. So I didn't go far back enough until last Friday, but I remembered there was a story from last Friday, which is incredibly sad, which is that Lance Riddick has died. Yes. Um, who people will know as the voice of Silas. Silas. In Silence. Silence in Horizon. Uh, and you know him well for Destiny. Yep. He has been there in Destiny since Destiny 1, I believe, um, as Zavala. And yeah, it's like the voice you, every time you play that game, you will have heard his voice in the tower saying various things. He's been part of campaigns and he's also, he also loves the game as well. He like really loves Destiny. He's a fan. He plays. It's weird because he's the head of the Vanguard and he plays a Titan, but apparently in, uh, in the game, he's actually a Warlock main. And I as a hunter, Warlock I missed cool. out of both of them. Yeah, Warlocks have the best like looking armor and stuff and they do Obviously. the best things but they're terrible at like traversal their jumps are annoying whereas hunter just jump around like a ninja nice. um but yeah no he's uh <laughs> just yeah like it's if somebody had said to me before he passed away and i mean he'd obviously say it now but like who was your who's the best voice actor i'd be like lance riddick his voice is just so iconic so yeah i was gonna say that his voice is incredibly iconic <clears throat> and a lot of people in destiny i think have been leaving tributes yeah, um, and went, like you say, it's because he played the game, so people just loved him for being so yeah. invested in it. I think a lot of the time you get actors who maybe you know are voice a character in a game, but then they don't really play it; they're not really into it. Whereas oh, he, he was, was he was know, doing cameos. There were cameos of him reading things out from the game, and also like some other comedy sketches in the voice of Zavala. And like he was doing, go and check out some of Lance Riddick's cameos; they are incredible. Um, but yeah, he was Wesker in Netflix. He was also in... He's in the John Wick series. Yeah. Um, there's a new film out that I think is... I don't know if it's necessarily his last film, but it's just come out, yeah. um, which is incredibly sad timing. Yeah. Um, yeah, the John Wick, the new John Wick thing is out on Friday, I think, or it was out on Friday. I'm not yeah. sure. No, it's this Friday. Is it? I don't know. Tomorrow. Never seen it. Um, but yeah, no, he was also, he was also in uh, Law and Order or something. Like, I don't know. It was in another show that he was in a lot of... Uh, yeah. But yeah, no, he's a far too young. Yeah, brilliant, brilliant. Only sixty, brilliant actor, and uh, the Wire. Thank you, the Wire. ACC is yeah, just really. I read that because we were out meeting friends, and I was like, oh, can I just put a downer on the whole evening? Because uh, yeah, he is 
just such an iconic person. I like literally got home, we had a few drinks and stuff, and I was like, I'm gonna need to go on Destiny. And <laughs> went on Destiny, and there were people standing there with like a shield, uh, the shield emotes, um, and just standing around his character. Because I think, yeah, everyone has uh, lost a friend. Mm. Really sad. Um, but moving on to this week in the news, um, Microsoft are planning to oh, launch. Sorry. We'll move on. CCB me, who is a person who I've played a lot of Destiny with and who has sherpered me through many a raid, says I actually got to meet him once. Very nice and appreciative of his fans. That's incredible. So that's incredible. Mm. Very jealous. <laughs> um, so yeah, Microsoft are planning to launch a mobile app store next year. Um, so this is interesting news for a couple of reasons. Um, partly it's because there is a new EU law, uh, the EU Digital Markets Act which is basically requiring Apple and Google to open up their mobile platforms because there's this idea of they basically have a duopoly on mobile app stores and they want to open that up and allow other companies to have their own app stores within phones. Uh, and so Microsoft are basically planning to, to jump on that with their own version, which is in all likelihood going to be a sort of Xbox games, Game Pass platform within mobile that you can then access games on. Um, but one of the reasons, so that's kind of interesting in itself, but another reason it's interesting is because it's also tied up into the Activision Blizzard takeover because obviously they also own King. So King has Candy Crush, which is, um, you know, a huge mobile game, but then there's also um, Diablo, there's Call of Duty Mobile, um, and all of these games Microsoft will own, which they'll then be able to bring into their mobile app space. So this isn't going to be until at the very earliest March 2024, which is when the, the law will go through. And even then it might get pushed back. Um, but Spencer, Phil Spencer basically talked about it in an interview with the FT. Um, and, uh, and yeah, it looks like that is actually a really big reason for why they are trying to buy Activision Blizzard because they want to get into the mobile space and that will give them some good leverage for that. As Heather says, yeah, you can get Samsung and Amazon have their own app apparently stores on Android. I know Samsung did. I never went on it. Uh, but yeah, everyone usually just used the Play Store. Yeah. I think the perception is that it's very much mainly Apple and Google. There might be some others. Um, but the EU want to try and break that up even more. Um, and Microsoft want to get into that. They can see that mobile gaming is huge. It's where the money is. So that's what they're trying to get into. Hmm. Um, some more sad news. Um, we always include Twitch news when it comes up because we are here on Twitch and we're streaming. And this we is streaming, streaming news. Um, and Twitch have sadly laid off four hundred employees. So that's because Amazon have made a load of cuts and they got rid of loads. So they're of Twitch not making stuff. enough money, apparently. Yeah, it's due to the I think what was it the macroeconomic environment. Um, and there are so many companies laying off loads of staff at the moment. It's not new at the moment in big mm. tech. Um, it's really sad, but yeah, a load of people from Twitch have now lost their jobs. Although I haven't, don't think they've been told yet, have they? I think 400 people will be affected, but they haven't said, or they, people don't know which, if they're part of the 400 yet. Yeah, which means that people are now just sat waiting to know if they've yeah, got a job or not, which is just awful. Yeah. Really um, apparently today, checking you haven't mentioned this, but yeah, they, in, on Facebook, they have stopped people from being able to, uh, apply for partner. I did see that. So it looks like Facebook gaming is going the way of uh, Mixer, unfortunately. Which, it's like people are going like, oh, this is the start. I mean, it's going to happen to Twitch as well. And I'm like, I don't... 
Facebook had, yes, it's got money behind it and it was able to get people to, you know, move over there and go onto contracts because they had the meta money. But I, I, it was never really a rival to Twitch, was it? I think if Twitch did have real serious problems and it had to close down or something like that, it would either get bought by somebody else or like, people would just, I think people would go to YouTube. Like, you, I think YouTube is the only other like competitor to Twitch. And I know a lot more people stream on YouTube than in Twitch, but I mean, YouTube is also people where people like live stream their GDC conferences and like all these other things. It's not just about live streaming video games or, you know, kind of homebrew content. Well, there's also people moving to Kick at the moment, and I don't know. I think they have a higher. Um, oh yeah, ninety five percent monetary rate. Um, but then does. Does it have the audience to sort of compensate? It doesn't have the audience. Allow you to make more money. Also, Kick. I think the people that go to Kick are not the type of people that I think the type of people that Twitch are like. Great, thanks. See you later. Yeah. Although they do bring in quite a few views, but I don't know. I mean, the fact that Twitch Twitch do, doesn't make a profit. Like the fact that Twitch doesn't make a profit with what it has, and like, and that's with a fifty fifty cut. Generally speaking, the fact that Kick is there with a ninety five percent cut. Like, how is that possible? Maybe, I mean, is it because, is it does it cost Twitch so much because 99% of the people that stream have one or two viewers? Whereas Kick, I don't know, maybe the people who are who are really big and, you know, making it and getting all the views on Kick, they are bringing so much money that there aren't that many people on Kick that are streaming to kind of just a couple of viewers. Who knows? But I, it, 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 may, it doesn't really make sense, especially with like a lot of companies not wanting anything to do with Kick, with the what's... Yeah, the type of people that stream on there. Well, I think there's other places have a higher split because they're trying to entice people over to say, hey, you can make more money. And you might make more money off one-to-one subscriptions, but if you don't have the audience there, then collectively you're not going to be making as much. So mm. it's it's a balance. You know, you've got to go where the audience is, I think. And Twitch is generally the more popular one, if not YouTube. So, you know, it might have a lower split, but you're going to have a bigger audience in theory. Well, it says, don't they have money issues with Facebook in general and like not making as much as they thought they would? Possibly. I mean, obviously, it's a lot less popular than it was. But I just think Facebook gaming, they like Meta is, you know, the obviously the big company you know, that oversees all of WhatsApp and Instagram and Facebook. I think if they wanted to get into the live streaming market, they needed a new name and they can have it under Meta and they can have it kind of integrated with their various things, you know, like Instagram and maybe not WhatsApp, but Facebook. But like the fact it's just called Facebook gaming is not something that is like would entice anyone really to start on just maybe the really the people who were kind of trying it out for the first time it's just it's just it wasn't user friendly uh or maybe it was overly user user friendly but then you couldn't have any kind of personality to it i don't know it just wasn't i just had no idea in fact i don't think i ever saw a stream on facebook because i had no idea even how to access it because it never even popped up on my on my feed um CC says Twitch has been around a lot longer than people realize, and it's the most stable of any other platforms to stream on. Yeah, I think other than YouTube, Twitch, uh, Twitch is like the place for kind of homebrew content. Um, YouTube, you'll get all the companies on there. Apple post their keynotes, you know, the, the live stream on there. So they, like if you look at the average number of people that, you know, watch a live stream, YouTube is way higher. But if you just if you only include the people that are streaming from their homes, I, th- I imagine it's a lot. There's not much of a difference at all. Well, there you go. Mm. Um, but yeah, also, Elias doesn't believe that the Bezos, that Twitch isn't profitable. Mm. 
I don't know. It depends. I, I'd want to see. I think they have posted stuff about where their expenditure goes, but uh, I'm not sure exactly where that'll. I think, yeah, servers cost a lot of money, and I imagine that they hire or they have a lot of people on their books, but who knows? There's definitely a lot of money floating around. Somewhere. There is, yeah. Um, next up, which you've slightly spoiled, is that uh, Insomniac's Spider-Man 2 oh, I didn't is know this, actually. apparently going to be launching in September. I didn't and know that's this according to the Venom actor Tony Todd. Who? Um, Tony Todd. Who's Tony? He's oh. in Venom. <laughs> is he in Venom in the game or is he Venom in real life? Um, that's a good question. Did you write that? Did you include that in... I didn't... Oh, it wasn't you. Didn't you write it? I did it? not write this article. Um... It's going to Google it. By the way, thank you very much, Andromedus. Welcome, welcome. I'm not sure. But anyway, he, he's involved in Spider-Man uh, as Venom. And uh, apparently Insomniac are planning to release it. They've kind of said like fall 2023, but apparently that's going to be September, um, which I think is far sooner than people expected, um, considering we haven't really heard much about it. So it seems like if it is, it's going to be quite a sudden release. The other thing is that Starfield is coming out in September. So do Sony want to go up against that directly or do they want to push Ooh. it back and maybe, you know, October, November? But also maybe they would I... be happy to go against it because they know that Spider-Man is a killer. So if they manage to kind of fluff up uh, Microsoft's only kind of big, big release that they've got coming Literally out. Literally only release. <laughs> would yeah. be a bit of a dick move, but sure. It would be. So basically, I mean, Spider-Man is hugely popular. It's the first game, game has done really well. Miles Morales did really well. Um, so this is also going to... It's going to sell a lot. It's going to be a huge game this year. Miles Morales is the ultimate Christmas game as well. Can you think of any other games that are good Christmas games? Don't ask me that on the spot. I think I feel like we've done this before on like a really old podcast, but we'll, we'll save that for December. Yeah. But I think, yeah, Miles Morales for me, the ultimate Christmas game. Nice. Uh, but apparently the uh, actor Scott Porter, who played Osborne, who is apparently Venom, is Osborne... Harry Osborne, is that... Venom. I, I, I don't know. I don't know the story of Spider-Man. Money, well money will know. Um, <laughs> but apparently he, that actor is not going to be in the PS5 sequel, so they must be recasting him. Oh. Interestingly enough. Ah. But yeah, Money says I don't... Even Money doesn't know. Nobody knows about Venom. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? That's um, Marvel, though, isn't it? Yeah. So this week has been GDC, or the Game Developer Conference. GDC. So there's been various bits of news, but it's all generally techie stuff that is coming out. Um, and one of the things that's come out is that Ubisoft has unveiled its new AI tool for script writing, um, which basically it's using an AI to write the scripts for video games. Um, and most of it is done for sort of background dialogue and incidental dialogue. So it's not sort of the main story. Um, but they are pushing this as a tool that, that they can use to help with dialogue in its games. And it sparks a lot of debate because a lot of people are saying, well, hang on, you've got script writers and people who, you know, literally write the dialogue. Um, and even if it is incidental dialogue, hey, maybe that could have been a junior writer that could have written that and, and practiced or, you know, had some experience from that um, instead of just doing it with an AI. Um, equally, that's obviously a lot quicker and probably cheaper. And, you know, how much of that AI stuff do you have to go back and edit? That's a big question. Um, how much is it used? I personally still think that something like writing needs 
like a human touch to it. Um, it needs to be personal. And if it's come from an AI, it's just going to sound generic. Um, but maybe there's some use in that. Um, so that, that sparked a lot of debate this week. Yeah, I'm... Apparently, I just like the idea this would free up writers from boring work for several reasons, says Gearbox's Sam Winkler. Yeah, I mean, it depends. If it's a game, for example, like, let's say, No Man's Sky, uh, imagine that you go around and you can have, and every single planet has certain characters on there, there might be, you know, a valid thing in this, in the same way that there's kind of like procedurally generated levels. You could have procedurally generated NPCs with their dialogue. Maybe that would work with various things. I don't know. But um, yeah, it's, it's, I think a lot of people see AI and go, what? No, no, because it's doing something that could be, you know, somebody who gets paid for it. Mm. Um, But I I think I do feel like there is a place for AI in the world and in uh, certain jobs. But, you know, you just, it's like, for example, the tube. In London, they're protesting because they could become auto. They could be uh, AI controlled, AI controlled, or like auto driven. But like, yeah, the money that you then pay for the train driver, you pay for security on the tubes, so that you make it easier for people, vulnerable people, to ride the tube at night, for example. Um, or put air conditioning on it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or like replace those horrible rickety little sofas on the uh, Bakerloo line, mm. or like polish the tracks a little bit so they don't screech like a banshee. And you can actually have a conversation with people. Look, there's always two sides to these things, of course. Like, um, this tool is called Ghostwriter. And they've said that Ghostwriter was created hand-in-hand with narrative teams to help them complete repetitive tasks more quickly and effectively, giving them more time and creative freedom to work on the game's narrative, uh, characters, and cutscenes, and ensuring characters encounter NPCs that are interesting, consistent, and just chatty enough. Um, Like, I can see that there could be a use in that to help. But I just, what I don't want is for AI to take the place of actual human writers. Um, it's the same with, with AI art, you know. I, maybe there could be a use in that in, in some places. But, you know, you can't beat handcrafted artwork. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, I mean, some AI artist, somebody who just wants a, a banner, you know, and on their you know Twitter banner. And they think it looks kind of fancy. And, you know, they've got like 10 followers. They're not going to pay hundreds of pounds for a banner. Mm. I mean, that's just kind of... I know people would disagree with that, but that, to me, is common sense. They say, like, yeah, if you're going to start streaming, don't go and buy the most expensive thing. Um, but you eventually do. Eventually. Eventually. I mean, I... When you get some subs. Exactly. Um, but also from GDC, there's been a lot of stuff from Epic. Um, so they have unreeled... Uh, Unreal, oh. unveiled. I see what you did there. Some uh, some new data on Unreal Engine Five, which is their latest uh, Unreal Engine, um, and there are lots of fancy effects and various bits and pieces that they're doing that's been shown off in different games. Um, but a big part of it actually is kind of what we've been saying is AI for procedural generation, and the idea of this is that you can essentially design a small part of a level. And that AI will then use that to create a much bigger world based on that. Um, and again, maybe that could be useful to create big worlds, but also maybe that one needs to be handcrafted by a level designer. Um, could go either way. But a big part of all this is that they are adding it to Fortnite. So Fortnite now, basically, it's always had a create mode, but they're expanding that with the Unreal Engine tools so that people can create 
brand new experiences that are essentially nothing like Fortnite in Fortnite. And it's really expanding on this idea of Fortnite being metaverse. a metaverse. But like they're not really using that word. I can't remember what word they've used now, but um Fortnite verse. No, it's there's a meta human animator. Omniverse or something that they're calling it. But like essentially it's like it's a, they don't, yeah, the open metaverse. Open metaverse. But it's it, you know, it's a place for lots of other experiences and it means that people can use Unreal tools, but within Fortnite to sort of create their own experiences, and that I think actually could be really cool, and will add a lot of depth and expansion to Fortnite. So Fortnite is just growing into this huge thing, um, and it makes sense that Unreal or Epic would then sort of use that as a showcase for its Unreal tools. Yeah. Um, another thing that's really cool, if you want to look at the power of the new engine, um, is it's being used in the Hellblade sequel. Um, and they had a short video of um, Melina Jurgens, who is the lead in uh, Senua in Hellblade. Uh, and it's a really, really cool video of her, like a com- extreme close up on her face. Um, and essentially how it's done is that you can record like an actor um, speaking, even just on an iPhone. And that can then be translated into the game's graphics for like completely realistic acting and, and, and voice work. And it's, yeah. you look at it and you're like, that's in the game, but it's identical to what her face looks like. And it's so good. It's so well done. Again, is that something that could be an animator's job? And here it's kind of done automatically. But it also allows you to have that hyper-realistic, um, you know, literal acting, voice acting. Um, it's really, really well done. So, yeah, there's lots of epic stuff at the moment, basically, and lots of fancy videos if you're interested to know what the future of video game animation and visuals are going to look like. Check it out. So many people use Unreal Engine. Honestly, Hellblade 2 looks phenomenal. I just, I adored the first one. Can't Mm. wait for the second. Yeah, absolutely. I hope there's like She is exceptional in it. Yeah, I hope there's a making of as well, because the the making of in the first one was... It came with part of the game. It came with the game. Well, they had a whole YouTube series, so I imagine they'll do something similar for the for the yeah. new one. Once they, I still don't know when that's coming out. British game as well. Mm, exactly. Um, okay, get, tell us about uh, well, tell us about your trip on Wednesday, Ed. Well, um, there was some Amazon news this week, which is that they've got a new line of TVs out. Which, if you want a Fire Smart TV with AI art on it and some other stuff that's basically an Echo in a smartphone in a TV then sure, go buy that. But what they also announced is that Amazon Luna, which is its game streaming service via the cloud, is now available in the UK. Also Germany, also Canada. Is this equivalent um, of Stadia then? Is this Amazon Stadia? Kind of, yes. So it's so far, Luna's only been available in the US. Because I was thinking, well, hang on, this has been out for ages, but only in America. Um, <laughs> the d- the now, demand has yeah. been so high that people didn't even realize it was uh, not available here. <laughs> so basically, it's through sort of Amazon Fire. So that could be a Fire Stick, or it could be the Fire app in your TV, be that an Amazon TV, or I think it's Samsung TVs that have it. Or you can do it on mobile or on your PC, whatever else. Um, and it basically just allows you to stream games to whatever device uh, over the cloud. And they there are a number of different tiers. If you are on Amazon Prime, then you will get access to rotating uh, monthly games, like three or four a month, a bit similar to sort of Xbox and PlayStation. Um, there's Luna Plus, uh, which gives you access to its big library of games, which is 
mainly casual games, but some others on there as well. Uh, if you scroll down a touch, so that is uh, eight ninety nine a month. Apparently, people Plus. are saying that the uh, Luna Plus. Um, yeah, people are saying that the Luna Plus actually does have quite a few games in it, quite good ones. But also eight ninety nine, and you don't have to buy the games individually, like Stadia. I mean, it's already a few yeah. steps ahead. It's just your subscription; you get access to them all. Um, the on top of that, you can then also pay for an Ubisoft subscription, which is another fourteen ninety nine a month. Which I think is quite expensive. On top of that, it's always been ridiculous. But that gives you access to Assassin's Creed and Far Cry and Watch Dogs and all the big um, Ubisoft games. Um, so that's another fourteen ninety nine, and then for three ninety nine a month, they also have a subscription to Jackbox. Now that I can see being good because if it's on your TV and you've got the family there and you just want to play some games, you can access it on your phone. Boom, boom, boom. That's fine. Mm. Um, so basically, there's more gaming directly on your TV. It's which interesting is cool. that you can't buy a game. No, do they not have faith in it? Do they think they're going to have to refund it in future if it doesn't? If it goes tits up. Because it's, it's weird that... Well, that's not the point. The point is is, is it's a subscription model like Netflix or whatever else. But then and a lot of it is aimed at sort of more casual gamers who maybe sit and watch Netflix on their TV and then they want to have a separate app that but just three has some games on it. Three separate subscription services. Sounds... Well, yeah, that's a lot. Mm. Um, and they are looking to partner with more publishers in future. So if they end up having separate subscriptions from them all, that seems excessive to me yeah but. i mean like for example like um game pass game pass ultimate has got you play in like integrated with it i believe it's got the ea play or the yeah, ubisoft connect whatever that's in the, i yeah. don't know what it's called but yeah like the ubisoft and the ea ones are all integrated in with that in that one single payment yeah so having all like separate one yeah yeah the other thing is that because it's amazon Obviously, Amazon owned Twitch. So it also has Twitch integration with Luna. So if you're playing a game, there is like a one button thing to like broadcast it and then it will link to your Twitch account for you to broadcast. Tell us some straight news, Ed. Uh, Counter-Strike 2 is coming out. Cool. Apparently that's a big deal. Um, I know nothing about Counter-Strike, but it's from Valve and it's hugely popular. It's a massive esports game and they are finally releasing Counter-Strike 2, which basically is the same game, but just in a new engine with some fancy effects. But it's a... It's a sequel, not to Counter-Strike. It's a sequel to Counter-Strike Go, CSGO. Yes. So wait, it's gone CS1, then CSGO, then CS2? Or the other CS? You're asking me. I don't know. But I need, I need to find out. I want to find out. Counter-Strike. Here we go. The I think series. Counter-Strike just became Counter-Strike Go, right? I don't know. I, I feel like it's got kind of Kingdom Hearts naming. Counter-Strike, Counter-Strike Condition Zero, Counter-Strike Source. I've heard of that one. Counter-Strike Neo, Counter-Strike Online, Counter-Strike Global Offensive, which is CSGO, Counter-Strike Online 2, which is not Counter-Strike 2, Counter-Strike Online 2, then Counter-Strike Nexon, colon, Zombies, um, and then Counter-Strike 2. So Counter-Strike 2 is the 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, ninth game in the series. <laughs> I think Counter-Strike Global Offensive became like the main one mm -hmm. that everyone uses. So they're basically building on that for Counter-Strike 2. Yeah. Um, it's probably going to be really big and really popular. So that was big news this week for a lot of people. Don't Maybe not for it. us. No, but, but I mean, people. I would... I have always I would always I would love to be able to play those games well. Um, like Valorant. People love Valorant and I believe it's quite, you know, you know, it's inclusive and there are lots of people who play it from, you know, all backgrounds. Um, they're like female Valorant teams and things like that. So it's it feels like quite a welcoming um kind of esportsy type game. Uh, but I just I don't know, I don't like buy phases of things. 
like when yeah. you have to use credits to buy things at the beginning and then you could lose them and I don't like that. Not anyway, go me. and talk to things that you do like though. Elden what Ring. What I do like is Elden Ring, and that had an update yeah. today that adds ray tracing. Um, which, if you're not familiar, is just a fancy visual effect that means that shadows and lighting and reflections are better uh, and in real time. But it also uses a lot of processing power. Um, so I, they've said that um, performance such as frame rate and resolution may be impacted while playing with ray tracing on. Uh, I haven't downloaded this yet and I really want to. Um, because I want to see how it impacts it. But yes, I suspect that you're not going to get your 60 faps per second. You didn't get it um, originally anyway. Well, no, but with ray tracing, I fear it's going to tank it. So this is available on PS5, Xbox Series X, and PC. But obviously with PC, there are sort of minimum requirement specs. Yeah. Um, so that's nice. Go on. Um, a couple more things, which have been some big previews that came out today. Um, the first is that there is a new Lego racing game called Lego 2K Drive. And it's basically Forza Horizon meets Mario Kart. So you can build your own Lego cars and you can drive them around in this big open world um, and then do like little tournaments and you get weapons like in Mario Kart and your cars like transform if they're in land or water. Um, it seems really fun, but there's some quite heavy monetization in it. Yeah. And there's a version of the game that costs 100 quid which is the game plus some DLC. So it might be quite expensive, which may or may not be exploiting children, but all oh, their interest in Lego. Um, but as a game, it actually looks pretty cool. Um, like I say, it's it's Horizon open world, but you're in the Lego world and you get to build Lego cars. Yeah, I mean, um, yeah, Foz Horizon also had like a hundred pound edition, but wasn't really aimed at kids. There you go. It's um, got McLaren cars in this as well. Okay, maybe it's got it's licensed not. vehicles. I mean, Foz Horizon has Hot Wheels, so... Pretty much the same thing. Anyway. Um, okay, give us our final information. This Now, this is you're able to talk about this now. Yes. So I went to Hamburg a couple of weeks ago for a preview, and it was to see The Lord of the Rings Gollum, which is by Dedalic, which is a, uh, a publisher and developer in Hamburg. Um, so I went to go play it. and uh, The best strap line here. Lord of the Rings Gollum out in May, precisely when he meant to. See what I did there. Yeah. Um, so yes, so Moni has put in chat my my preview um, where I, I interviewed the uh, the co-author of the game who's doing a PhD in Tolkien, which is pretty cool. No, uh, but what they've also announced is that there are uh, there's now a release date for the game, which they didn't tell us a couple weeks ago, but is new, uh, and that is the 25th of May, and that's on PC, PlayStation, and Xbox. It is coming to Switch, but later on in the year. Two weeks. Um, two weeks. Two months. So yeah, so it's pretty soon if you want to play Gollum. Um, it's kind of fun. Yeah. It's all right. Um, I died a lot, but not in a good way. Um, but it feels very authentic to Lord of the Rings. It's based on the books, not on the films, but Gollum himself looks quite similar. Um, and it's set between The Hobbit and Lord of the Rings. So it's kind of filling in the gap of what did Gollum do in that time, uh, which for Lord of the Rings nerds is going to be really, really interesting, um, even if gameplay is not the best. Mm. Yeah, a lot of people are saying, like, it's all right. It's all right. It's a bit dated. Yeah, which is annoying for a new game. I wish said I wish it was part of the um, Shadow of War, Shadow of Mordor, the Shadow series. It's not going to live up to that. No, I'm afraid. When was that set? Mm, was that I'm before not sure. the Hobbit? Or was it between? I think it was around Lord of the Rings time, maybe. Mm. Oh, such! I Shadow of Mordor was it's like one of my favourite kind of 
third person games, you know, like the Spider-Man slash Batman, those kind of games, third person beat-em-ups. Um, it was just brilliant. And it's weird because I don't really like kind of miserable games that are all kind of all dark and miserable. You love misery. I do, but not in games. I don't want to, I don't want to, I like to play a game in a world that I wouldn't mind being in. Um, and like Shadow Modder, but the fact like the, I don't know, it, like the, there were characters in there that were quite warm, but also like the orcs were hilarious and it had a really addictive gameplay loop. Of kind of like it did. taking The Nemesis out. system was great. Yeah. Really, really good. Isn't that coming out with? Wonder Woman. Yes, Wonder Woman. But that's a while off, yeah. All right. Okay, well, I think that, that was the headlines. It is. And that is I, a long podcast. I've witted on for far too long today. I know. Sorry. Well, I mean, that's what people come here for. What, to listen to me wittering? Well, if they, you know, didn't like it, then they wouldn't be here. There we are. What we, what we get each week. Well, stick around, because we're going to play a little bit of cheer. Yeah, so we're going to check out cheer. Um, hopefully, we'll see a little bit more like in-depth of what is going on in there. Um, Ed will play a ukulele. And... No. <laughs> Yeah, go and uh, see that. But anyway, um, Ed, where can we find you? You can find me at Ed underscore Knights on Twitch and on Twitter. Excellent. And you can find me at Biggest Menace on uh, Twitch and on Instagram now. Yeah. And I'm also Biggest Menace One on Twitter. Nice. Wasn't Elon going to be like banning people that are kicking people off who hadn't logged in in like five years? Probably. That needs to happen soon. Yeah, you need that account back. I do. Well, I need that account first. First. Full stop. All right. So, yeah, check us out. Swapandjoysticks.com. If you want to get uh, listen to all the old podcasts, I'll pop this up tonight. Um, if you want to listen to it again or you want to tell all your friends about it. And, uh, yeah. And Please if, do. Leave us a like and a comment. Yeah, like and subscribe. <laughs> all right. See you later. Stick around and we'll see you next week. Keep swapping.